Good morning, campers. Rise and shine. It is 7.45 a.m. I, um, I tried something new today. I made a small list of things that I would like to accomplish before I got out of the house. I did not achieve everything, which I am okay with. Um, I think the thing for me with lists is just the simple satisfaction of being able to cross shit off. I do not know why that is such such an enjoyable thing, um, but it is. It is a thing. So, um, yeah, I got breakfast, I got lunch, I got... I actually inadvertently got lunch, but I mean, the main things were like, you know, get the dog out and shit like that, so I um, did all that, got to got out of the house on time and cook them with gas. Um... Has anyone ever else tried to carry, like, six open liquid containers and, like, a breakfast sandwich and stuff like that? It's super fucking windy. Yeah, I was doing that well. It has been super windy all day today. All, like, all night. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning, and I was like, the wind was howling. Like, I'm getting blown around on the road, so it's a grand old time. Let's see what happens. So, um, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today. Um, now, let me give you... Now, my brain has kind of worked into this groove, so I kind of understand what I'm doing, but... Let me paint you a picture about this game that I refereed. It was last year. And I'll use the names because it doesn't really slander anybody. Um... Hopefully it doesn't, if you're hearing this, then it's not offensive. I'm just stating it as I see it. Um, it was Orchard Park versus Kenmore. High school boys game. Um, Orchard Park and Kenmore had both had coaching changes. Um, so the standards of, you know, play had just kind of changed a little bit. I believe it was midway through the year, their season. And um, so the history of it is I have refereed Kenmore to Park a couple times at least. And I, um, it's always been a good battle, okay? Um, Kenmore has had an excellent, probably the rugby program for, I would say, decades probably. Excuse me, they are, they've been good for years. And they've always gone to states. See some very high caliber New York City teams in states. So they, you know, kind of fizzle out there, but there's some excellent rugby coming out of Kenmore and some very, very physical rugby coming out of Orchard Park. Now, with the coaching change, it had been a long time coach to a long time assistant coach taking over. I, um, going into the game, I had some previous expectations. I expected Kenmore to operate at a superior level, I expected Orchard Park to be physical but ill-disciplined and um, turns out I was right on both accounts but there's a little more to it Um, you can tell that Orchard Park had a couple football players who had just signed up and were like yep want to stay physical want to do this and they tackled like it in some ways if you understand what I mean that means that there was not too many 
There was a couple times where this guy went and got to line him up and did not wrap. Didn't go too high. Well, there was probably a couple high tackles in there. But one of the guys went very low. And I remember the, the play in the game. The guy went low, didn't wrap. Now, in that moment, I see the situation as a teachable moment. Not always, but that's the moment that I saw at that time. It is a teachable moment. Now, in big decisions like this, when we're talking about big decisions, take a moment. Listen to your gut. Don't always respond by your gut, because sometimes you're too into the game. But take your moment, slow down a bit, take a deep breath, and then say what to yourself, what did I just see? You know, and if you can remove as much emotion and as much worry and as much stress, like literally you're saying as if it was a police report, I saw a man working at a doorknob of a car or working at a, you know, he was fidgeting with the doorknob of the car, he was looking around, he seemed rather frantic, and the car door opened. Okay. Or I saw a guy take a hammer and smash through the window and unlock the car from the outside. Like, these are all very factual representations. You know, if you want to get even more particular, I saw his right elbow smash through the windshield or whatever that, you know, it doesn't matter. But what you want to do is you want to remove as much emotion as you can from these and literally, I call it a snapshot. Look at the snapshot of what the heck just happened. So, in this situation, I saw, I think his number was six. No, it was eight. He was an eight man. Um, I saw eight low uh, go into a tackle about two meters away and dove at the feet of the blue ball carrier. Blue ball carrier flipped over, landed on his side. There was no wrap. There was no attempt at rap, his arms were down by his chest. Now, if we paint it that way, it's a clear yellow card. Okay, the guy flipped over though, like, so I'm kind of like, this is dangerous. Now, in this moment, I took a deep breath, I took a step back, I saw the picture in my mind replayed. Now, if he landed on his neck, or on his back, it's much more red card. And a lot of guys I know, I'm hearing their voice in my head right now, would be like red card, straight red. And again, this is where I get in trouble, but I looked at it and said, this guy doesn't know what the heck he did. He doesn't understand how big of a deal this is. Now, this is a point where it's helpful in this moment. When you have younger skill levels, when you have lower skill levels... Oftentimes, they are ignorant, and if you start yelling or start, you know, like, waving your arms or start making a big deal out of something right away without explaining what's going on in very clear terms, they're just going to check out. Like, they just treat you like any other, you know, adult who's going to yell at them. And I prefer not to do that. I prefer to, as we said before, it's verbal compliance. I prefer to get through to this person and to change player behavior. 
If I can change player behavior, guess what? Everything goes better for me. Now, I could have set a red card. Sent the message very strongly. That's not acceptable. That's not allowed. However, I looked at the moment and said, is this going to help the game? Is this the overall game? Is this the right call in this moment? And so I stopped. Pulled him aside. I brought the captain in. And I said, look, I need you to understand. That is a dangerous, dangerous tackle. It's not in law. It's not in law. It's not in line with the laws of the game. You're playing football right now, and you need to sort through this in your mind that that is not legal. I can give you a red card and send you from the game and ban you for the next couple weeks just with a decision. I don't think that's the right call because I know that you're learning, but I need you to fully understand. And, Captain, I need you to reinforce this with him and the coach, which I'm already sure because I knew the coach. I said, I'm already sure that he knows that he's in trouble. You need to change your behavior right now. That is not an acceptable tackle, and it never will be an acceptable tackle in this game. Do you understand? Now, you can probably tell from the tone of my voice that I wasn't really fucking happy, I, but I needed to impress upon him that... And again, at higher levels, I wouldn't do this. My process would be, there's your yellow card, you're off. Or red card, there, you're off. You wouldn't explain, you'd explain very little. If you would, it would be something along the lines of, if I had a men's club game and they did that, it's, first of all, it's stupid because they know better. Um, captain, dangerous tackle, no wrap, player landed on his side, lucky it's a yellow card. You know, or red card. Landed in a dangerous play, no, um, no real thought to where the player was or what was happening to the player. He, you as the tackler are responsible for this player. There you go. Done. So I needed to impress upon him that it's like this is really stupid and I, I, I wasn't going to allow it to continue. And um, so he gave me a yellow card. He went off. And the best part was that as the game, like there was probably 20, 30 minutes left. As he came back on, you have a moment to manage there. Whew! Can I pull him over? And just say, look, mate. I know you're learning, but I need to thoroughly impress upon you. This is after 10 minutes of sitting on the bench watching his team get beat. I said, I need to thoroughly impress upon you. This is not acceptable. You're playing a different game now. You need to change your mindset. And in that moment, I view it as I got the best outcome out of it for the short term and the long term. This is an Orchard Park player that I spoke with. And um, it's really just, I think the fine line that you have to walk with big decisions is you have to be consistent and you just have to be stern and almost impartial like in that moment I let a bit of emotion creep into my voice because I was aware that if I didn't do that if I didn't impress upon if I had just said hey that's dangerous you're going to get a yellow card but it could have been a red 
it would have done similar effects. But if I, 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 what I did was I just slowed down and I let that kind of clip tone enter my voice, I think I really got a great effect out of it. Just that was the thing. And so he came back on and he had another tackle where it was like his arms were up, but it still wasn't a great rap. And instead of, you know, carding him again, I think I just penalized him and said, I need more of a rap. More of a rap. Continue. Keep learning. And he looked at me and he's like, okay. And he kind of looked at me for approval as like, hey, was that a good tackle? So in that mode, I mean, we wear a lot of hats as referees. We're, we're coach. We're a teacher. We're a, a referee. We're a judge. We're, you know, an executioner in some cases. It's, we just have to laugh at it and be like, all right, we need to kind of use our own personal experience and judge which hat is best. And at that level, in that moment, I viewed it as this is the best thing I can do right now. So, in big decisions, slow down, take a deep breath, zoom out. Zoom everything out. Zoom the, you know, step away from I mean, when I'm doing a haircut and I get too close to it and I start focusing on these tiny details, I need to literally take two steps back and just zoom out and see the game from a wider perspective. So, yeah, that's that's my thought on that. Um, and all of it is about just maintaining consistency and just being able to be... Keep your poise. Sometimes you didn't see it. I remember one game, this is where I biffed the call, and... This team, one team had kicked it backwards. Okay, back towards their their. their side. It was blue versus gold, and blue had you know get squirted out of the back of a gold rock towards their try line, about forty meters out, and blue had come running through, running around the you know, the rock or the rock that it ended, and kicked the ball backwards. The ball is bouncing around, and blue and gold both dove for it, or like just reached out to grab the ball. And I viewed it backwards off gold. From my side, it looked like gold. From the, the, the sideline side, it looked like it was blue, locked it forward towards the gold try line. Now, all I had to do in that situation, of course, it's right next to the gold try line, the gold touch line, excuse me. Um, all I had to do in that situation was say, back off gold and make a motion with my hand if I needed to. That's all I had to do. To completely clarify the situation, everybody would have been happy, and that would have been the end of it. Now I'm in a dead sprint as this is happening. I glance over, I see they both reach for it. I viewed it as gold knocking it back towards his try line. The other side was everybody saw blue knocking it on. Now, I, I have never seen the film for that game. I don't know. I may be wrong. But I, I just kind of... I, I don't even think I said play on. So I uh, fin- finish the play. The whole sideline erupts when Blue dives on the ball in the, tri- in the try zone and scores a try. I'm sitting there. The whole sideline, whole team is freaking out, just going like, what the fuck? All these different things. And 
I stop. I don't have ARs at this time. It's just me and what I saw. And I pull the gold captain, and he's coming over, and he's exasperated, and he's like, oh, come on, da 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 And I said, Captain, let me, let me talk for a second. Here's what I saw, and I explained the situation. I said, I did not communicate that effectively, and you can show me film later and prove to me that I'm wrong, but right now, that's what I've got. Okay? And he's like, well, da 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 the crowd just screamed. I understand that, but we have a decision here, you and I. We can work together and keep improving, or we can stay focused in that moment. I would prefer to move forward because I can't change that call based on your word and your teammates' words. Does that make sense? And he's like, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Took him a second, and I know he's still pissed, but and the coach you know, was bitching about it for the whole game, but that's fine. I made the call with what I had. But I slowed it down, I went through it in my head, and I'm like, yep, I'm good with that process. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I'm very, very well could be wrong. You know, however, I made the call with what I had. So, you slow down, you run through it in your head, you zoom out. I'm at work. I'll talk to you guys later. Hey, guys. It is 6.30 p.m. I am done cutting hair for the day. I'm headed home to be with my ladies. And I am... Excuse me. Yeah. Everybody kind of had to duck and run out of there, so we booked it out. You guys ever have somebody get chewed out around you, and it's just really fucking awkward? You know, it's... Yeah, that happened at the end of the day. And it's always like... My boss is a great dude, and he's... But he's having trouble with this this guy I work with. And it's... You know... He just keeps hitting his head against the brick wall and expecting it to come out different. And I'm just like, it's not changing anything. Nothing's changing, you know, so... It's just one of those things that I'd be like, you know, you could try different tactics, but... It's not my place to do that. It's awkward and, you know, I don't like doing it, but whatever. We'll figure something out. But, yeah. Um, today was a good day. I, I didn't, I had a good morning. I, like I said this morning, I wrote a list and I crossed off a bunch of stuff on that list and it was very effective and I felt good about it. I had, I, I have days like today and yesterday where I was just like super encouraged with what I do. And it wasn't like I did any amazing, super spectacular, you know, like Instagram glorious haircuts where these dudes were like, that's so boss. But at the same time, I have days like today and yesterday and the day before where I just am able to connect with people. And that is worth so much more than a good haircut. I mean, the haircuts were good. Don't, don't have me. I don't want you to believe that I'm, you know, churning out like lopsided and shitty haircuts. I'm just kind of. I'm able to connect with people. And I think that's something that. Well, that translates to rugby, absolutely. So. When you make big decisions. It's very helpful to have buy-in. Now, 
buy-in is something that it's basically respect given um, that you've extended to them and it's almost like you're you're an equal with the captain or with the player that you have buy-in from you know and hopefully you guys have a common tongue which is rugby I can speak rugby I can you know even if I don't speak very you know good English you can still communicate well in rugby and saying you know I need a clear release you know clear release whatever you know you, you stumble some words out but if you're speaking the same language and understanding the same language it's really really not that difficult um, and the only way to really do that is to immerse yourself in it and to continue to improve yourself about it um, so I guess I'm not blowing it um, so getting buy-in with players is earned in a lot of different ways um, You can, it's really just I know I talked about in a previous segment about having a lot of respect and having that respect earned um, basically if you're able to connect I mean just thinking of number sevens Number sevens are annoying little cheaters. Just like a number nine is an annoying little, you know, like, terrier that's just like, wah, 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 and they're going to chirp in your ear the whole time. He's, he's, he's not releasing the ball. He's not releasing the ball. He's not doing Just whatever. It, they're going to do that all the time. But number sevens, you know, actually, funny thing is, going back to verbal judo, and I love number sevens, to be honest. I really, like, I really do appreciate their mentality about the game um, and the fact that they're going to keep me honest. It's like somebody with a tricky haircut or somebody who's a bit picky about what they do. They're not overly picky. Well, sometimes they are. But they're a bit picky about what they do, and that's a challenge. That's the fun part about it. Um, and um, so remember, they're, they're in, in verbal judo, they talk about, Thompson talks about, there's nice people, there's... Typical people and there's wimps. Okay? Now, fortunately, we don't have to deal with too many wimps in rugby. If anybody's a wimp, I don't think any players really can do that because they can't hide behind the other players and say this is bullshit. After the game, they can talk whatever the game they want. doesn't really matter then. But you're going to get nice people, you're going to get difficult people. I think I told a story about Peter Watson, and Peter Watson was telling a flanker to bind back on and get back on, and he had his hand on the scrum, but he didn't have his shoulder to it. And the flanker basically said afterwards, said, I was waiting for you to make me. You know, a nice person, shoulder on. They're going to do it. No problems. Nice person, six, roll away. They'll roll away. They get out of your way. They'll do what you're saying. You know, And not only because they know they're going to get penalized, it's because they'll know that that's going on. A number seven is characteristically a difficult person who gets, who toes the line every single time. Arguably, and I say this because I'm an All Blacks fan, but also because it's just kind of true, the best number seven in the world was Richie McCaw. And he's also the most hated, which is kind of the definition of being the greatest of all time. You know, I am a football fan. I follow the Buffalo Bills. I do not like Tom Brady, even though I understand that he is the greatest quarterback of all time. And arguments can be made pros and against, but people hate this guy because he's good at quarterback. He's a bit of a douche, but that's the greatest of all time as well. You know, you got to be a bit cocky about what you do. Um, so, that aside, 
Richie McCaw knew when to toe the line and when not to toe the line. And they can call him the biggest cheater in the world, and that's fine. I have no problem in the world with that. I'm not really fighting for it or, for, or against it. I, but anyone who can look at him can admire his poise, his ability to adapt, and his ability to, you know, understand, you know, how to communicate. And he communicated with referees very well. And um, he even managed referees, which is something that we don't like to admit. But it happens, you know. That's called buy-in. You have buy-in with the referees. You don't want to be a jerk. You just got to be like, hey, we got to play to the referee. And anyways, I'll remember, always remember one thing. that I, This was always my standard for not rolling away. Now, Richie McCaw, being what he is, all bias aside, knows when a penalty is coming. He also knows when there's an opportunity to toe the line. And within about 20 minutes of the game, he knows the which way. But I would say within about five minutes of the game being started, or him being blown up for his first penalty, he now understands what the referee is doing and how they're going to manage the game, or the breakdown at the very least, which is where he does most of his work. It was a Crusaders game, I remember, um, and he was playing Super Rugby, and he made a tackle, and he got caught on the wrong side of the ball, or he found himself. The moment the tackle was made on the wrong side of the ball, like on his right shoulder, you know, wrong time, wrong place, knew the breakdown was coming, and he knew the guy, the arriving player, was going to trap him in and keep him there. So he literally just threw his body without any form of thinking about landing or anything, just threw his body over the side, completely over top, not on top of, sorry, over the other to the other side of the player's body. And you can almost hear the referee winding up being like, red roll, you know, or like out red six or seven or whatever he's playing. Um, but he, before he knew that, he knew it was coming, and he just threw his body over the, over the, to the other side of the breakdown, so he was in legal territory. And I was, that was my new standard for rolling away. That was my new standard. That's what you can do if you really want to roll away. Like, and he landed, like, awkwardly and got back up and rejoined play or whatever. But he knew in that moment, if anybody got anywhere near him, he was going to get penalized for not rolling away or finding himself on the wrong side of the rock or whatever. He knew it was coming. So he booked it. And I was always amazed at that because I looked at that and I said, this is a potential, this is just genius that he knew... He could have refereed that play everywhere. He had alarm bells going off in his head. He knew exactly what was happening. And he just said, okay, I got to get the fuck out of here. And he hurled himself to the other side of the breakdown where he could, where his teammates were coming from. But he just got the heck out of there. And I was just amazed. Like, I just, but that was the thing is, I looked at that as my new standard for that's what you can do if you really try to roll away. Now, Gaining buy-in is really difficult, but I think a lot of what it is, gaining buy-in, is just raising the standards for play. Not in a dickish way, not in a, oh, you touched the ball, therefore you, you didn't pull it perfectly, you know, whatever. But to really look at the intent of what the player is doing. And if you can see past what physically happened and understand the intent, I'm not saying that it trumps what happened, if a player is trying to roll away and they accidentally knock the ball from someone's hand, do you give me a yellow card? I wouldn't. I would say, hey, it's a penalty. I need you to get out. 
if they fake it badly and pretend, quote-unquote pretend, to knock it out of their hands, guess what? You're getting that yellow card right in your face. Go away. That's a professional foul. Bugger off. So you have to look at the intent of, did they mean to do that? And it's your call. That's the crazy thing. It's your call. It's your call to look at that and be like, okay, what's the judgment call? I mean, I, I remember one time. Hopefully, your calls are this. Your cards are this easy. Um, where the heck was I? I was in Albany. Referee in a turn. I can't remember what it was. It's like a playoff game or something like that. D two, D D three, somewhere around there. And these guys, um, two teams were playing. It was MIT and somebody else. Somebody from Albany. I can't remember who. Um, but MIT played a good game, had a solid scrum, but couldn't really hold them in the open play. Um, I know the other way around, MIT could hold them in open play, but couldn't stand their scrum. So the other team, they were black, black and gold, I think. They just made this massive just break to the five-meter line. And the captain tackles him, makes a great, you know, movement of his body, tries to get over the ball, but his teammate is already lying on top of the ball. So he can't even get at it. There's no clean out coming because this is a guy lying on the ball who's the, de- the defender and he's not buggering off. So I blow up the penalty. You know, inside the 22. Could have gone yellow card right away. But, and the attacking guy comes and gets the ball. Is going to go quickly. And he goes to tap the ball and a guy comes from an offside position and just swats it right out of his hand. Now, I always love it when these second rowers or these eight men, they men, they come up to me and they're like 6'5", 250, 280, big, big dudes. And they stare down at me. And I just kind of double tap my whistle, step away. Hey, Captain, come on over here. I just turn my back on him and walk away. Hey, Captain, come here. Four. Come over here, please. Captain, the initial penalty was for not rolling away on your number two over there. Um, That was going to be penalty only on the five. Then you're slowing the game down by a professional foul when they're trying to go quickly. Um, You're slowing the game down. And, and, you know, that's it. You're slowing the game. I mean, I used too many words right there. You're slowing the game down, and it's a professional foul. So there's your yellow card penalties on the five. I love it. I, I love the challenge of these guys saying, you're not going to do it. Because basically what he did was he dared me to throw the card. He says, you're not going to do it. You're not. You're going to blink. You're going to flinch. You're going to go back to the initial penalty. They weren't going to go quicker. Whatever. And I'm like... Another instance just like that. Oh, man. I could tell stories like this all day. This is fun. Um, I was refereeing an old boys game. Saranac Lake. It was over 35s or 45s or something like that. Might have been 45s. I think it was 45s. And Connecticut Grays and the Doggies. And it was a fun game. Good, you know, hard-fought game. I think the... Um, I can't remember who was winning. But I think it was the Grays captain. Now, the thing is, in, in over old boys, you have hockey subs. So everybody who wants a sub just goes off when the ball is dead. Um... 
and the captain comes over and just does like three things wrong. Like the other team gets a break, he does like three things wrong, and he just kind of. So I blow the whistle, stop the game. I walk up to him, and he's like, "Not rolling away, maybe." And I just looked at him, and I could have explained myself, but I just smiled and gave him the yellow card, and I was like, "There you go." And he went off, and it was no problem. And he just kind of like came back on. I'm like, "Captain, really?" And he's like, "Yeah, that was that was that was funny." I'm like, "Just don't do it again. <laughs> We're good, you know. I don't even need to explain it to you." You've been playing rugby longer than I've been alive. I'm good, you know. So, I just had fun. you, you got to have fun in those moments and just take those challenges that slap you in the face like that and just be like, hey, this is the game that I signed up for. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty enjoyable when you're able to step back and get by. And, and the thing is, when you use your cards well, your yellow cards and your tools well, it's so much more enjoyable because it's not like they're like, oh, where did this come from? You've communicated it effectively. You, they know where it's going. They know what's happening. And all of a sudden, you can look at them and be like, hey, you knew this was coming. And they're like, yep, makes sense. And that's the end of it. So, guys, I just pulled into my house. I'm going to go hang out with my ladies, and then I will be back tomorrow morning. Ooh, uh, Hopefully with an idea of what I want to talk about. Anyways, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. See ya.